Welcome to the Burnout Educator. This podcast is a project of Beyond Healing Media, where we value each person's humanity and what life experiences shaped you to be the person you are. This interview-style podcast invites stories from people across the spectrum of the educational system and seeks to see the human inside the role they play. It's our desire that you will see parts of your story and those around you in the interviews that you hear. Welcome back to the Burnout Educator. I'm Ryan Savage, the Burnout Educator, and this is Olivia. Hey, guys. Welcome back. We're back in the studio today. Here we are. It's just the two of us. Yes. Which is an interesting experience. Right. There's not even anybody else like in the rest of the room. I know. They even left us alone with all the equipment. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> Same. <laughs> we don't have a guest today either. Mm-mm. And I don't know exactly where this episode's going to fall in the yeah. series of things. But for context, just for us, because this is our first experience of just being in the room, just the two of us yeah. as we record a podcast. And... Also, for the listener, this is the first of, I'm certain, quite a lot, quite a few episodes of just you and I exploring what this thing even is to us and what it has meant to us. I'd venture to say (laughs) as many of episodes of this as there are of us with people. Yes, (laughs) I think so. (laughs) So uh, the interviews have been amazing and... Um, you know, and we're not done yet by Mm-mm. any stretch of the imagination. No um, but this conversation, uh, in just introducing and having a, yeah, just an honest dialogue about a shared experience that we have, uh-huh. is one that I have just been dying to have. Yeah, it's one that brings up an interesting feeling in me, probably more than just like a feeling, multiple feelings. Um, Oh, so many very complex feelings. Like what feelings am I having? (laughs) Uh, A wall of like, yeah, it's fine. We have a shared experience. Cool. And then what's underneath or behind that wall Mm -hmm. of like, this is the rest of my life. Yeah. And my past. Yes. And I'm also looking at a beautiful mirror Mm. that is living that and has lived that. But a mirror that's different than what I see most days right now. Definitely. Definitely. And I think, too, that it can't be overstated, you know, the the timeline of all of this matters and Mm -hmm. who knows how the listener will be hearing it. Right. And, you know, what year and what month and the like the context is lost from from that standpoint. Yeah. Uh, But the timing of just the inception of this podcast into how I made sense of my story mm-hmm. and then as like almost yeah and then afterwards how you made sense of your story right and then the experience of the podcast releasing but just a couple of episodes right and, then... and the experience of conversation with people through that and the amount of doors that have been opened and curtains that have been pulled back and yeah life that has been lived in between those times that maybe quote unquote, didn't have anything to do with this, but filled in the gaps and allowed for more processing and different understanding. And it's a lot. It's like, I'm trying to like, it's, it's too big to conceptualize. (laughs) And, you know, and here we are today and it's the end of March Mm -hmm. of 22 and we're coming into hiring season 
yeah. and schedules and end of year preparation and state testing, um, you know, is currently where we are in the school year mm-hmm. and planning for next school year. Yeah. And the school year at your school looks different next year. Yeah. That's a, uh, gosh, it's like, I feel it building in me. Like I've told so many people this, it's out in the world, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, my school year will not be in public education and it will not be in teaching in the way that I've known it or the way that I thought I was supposed to do it mm-hmm. for the rest of my life because I'll be joining the Beyond team mm-hmm. full time, still doing art and who knows what else honestly like we were talking earlier um (laughs) the opportunities are endless and that's terrifying and um i don't even know half of it but um i've made the choice to not be in public education anymore yeah so you're finishing out the school year this year finishing out the school year yeah um and i am excited to finish out the school year um but i'm also just excited to have it done yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. once you make a choice, um, where are the, where's the <laughs> yes. reality of that choice? Right. Uh, but I, I've experienced and I'm continuing to experience so many feelings that I know resonate with you. So much. And so many conversations that we've had and been mm-hmm. able to have through this time of what I'm currently hearing every day or seeing every day or feeling and it's something that you sometimes are still like processing through but have been for an extended time yes yeah my resignation letter was was dated february of 2020 and i made the decision in december of 2019 so i'm i'm well removed from Uh that decision um but the mirror that you've provided me Mm -hmm in just the continued process of your experience yeah the moment of excitement and promise Mm -hmm. from having made the decision right and and beginning the initial communication and the the excitement that lives in that moment yeah and then the crash that comes afterwards Mm -hmm. and the fear sweeps in and says can't be right Wrong yeah. move, wrong move, wrong move. Right. Take it back. Take right. it back. Surely they'll surely they can shred that letter, right? Mm-hmm. Surely like that experience is so real and true and honest to my experience. Right. And it's not talked about. Yeah. People think like if it is talked about, it's like, well yeah, did you hear they're not coming back? <laughs> yeah, I I heard fill in the blank. Right. And it's not a conversation with the person half the time. And then mm-hmm. even if it is, it's never too long. Yeah. And, you know, it's in a passing period. And then, to just the whole, like, experience of what that human is feeling within all of these aspects, mm-hmm. other people don't know. And so often it's not talked about with other educators who are choosing that path because it's not... As, as much of it as it is a path that is chosen quite a bit, mm-hmm. it's still laid like underneath this, you know, stone of yeah, it, the rest of the world. It's, oh man, okay. There, so there's, 
my triangle really like resonates with this shame narrative around it. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's so much of my experience. I'm, I'm certain that it's the experience of others. Yeah. There's also this kind of denial um, experience around it. Yeah. And I think for just kind of the analogy that's coming to mind is like under the rug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the existence of like the teacher or teachers that are finishing out the school year in the building but have resigned, mm-hmm. right? There's this celebration around retirement. There's often this like shared sadness and and like camaraderie around a retirement. But I feel like the experience of, of resignation is one that's different. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's different too from the I'm transferring schools or I'm moving mm-hmm. to a different state. Like those are different experiences also. But to me, the the reality that exists in the experience of the of the, the educator that chooses to resign is too much for those that are in the system to tolerate the the reality of sometimes mm-hmm. yeah does that make sense no it does and so it ends up in this place of like either i'm going to like totally diminish the story or the reality of the, or the truth of what that that person is experiencing right by saying that there may be some, you know, some golden opportunity out there that I wish I could have a chance at, yes. or um, uh, maybe they have conflict, or maybe they need to take care of something. Who knows? Right. Like, there's all of these rationalizations that occur in those spaces, but it's almost just like I just need to find the the person that's staying. I just need to find a story that can sit okay with me, mm-hmm. so that I can go under the rug of the things that yes. that we don't talk about in public education. Mm-hmm. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, and so much so and i feel that i feel that my one difference in our experiences is mine is after covid mm-hmm. and that does change i think i've had more people that have been responsive in a positive way sure. to me because my true opinion on it is that they wish they could Mm. and they're a little bit more open to admitting that because Because in my experience in the system before covid versus after Mm -hmm. more people were willing to say like this is not okay you know and like are speaking out because there's a there's something we can blame it on yeah there's there's a a excellent culprit Mm -hmm. so we can say hey this isn't working and it's because of that yeah and don't get me wrong, like that's a big part of it, but there's so much wrong in the system without that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like within my experience, everything you're saying, but it's so much of, oh my gosh, I'm excited for you. Yeah. But it's rarely are people allowing the conversation to go into, I'm excited for you because I wish I was doing that or sure. because fill in the blank. Yeah. It's these, you know, congratulations and excited but it stops there Mm -hmm. and the feeling that comes with it is like a i'm here you know there aren't a lot of people that i get the feeling of just excited and and i'm excited still doing what i'm doing Mm -hmm. because i've gotten some people who are like oh yeah that's the whole idea of like oh well that's a great opportunity if i had something like that Mm -hmm. like oh cool so like i made a choice but you're saying it's only because yeah, I had it. somebody else that I could lean on. Mm-hmm. 
thanks for invalidating that. Like, this is like the biggest choice that I've ever made in my life. Yeah. And you said it was only because I have somebody else, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so yeah, in a roundabout way of answering you, it, it feels very much like under the rug and a little bit of, you know, under the rug where we can see that it's been piled up underneath there. <laughs> like we know where it's at, uh-huh. and that, <laughs> but we're still going to just close our mouths and mm-hmm. keep it there. Yeah. I, the experience of like a golden opportunity mm-hmm. as well as. Um, because I have a person that can support me. Mm. And I know you've experienced that with Jen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's what, in, in people not knowing mm-hmm. how it feels, saying yeah. something like, oh, I hear your fiance's taking you away. Mm-hmm. I hear he's got a great job and you can go and work with them. Yeah. It's like, yes, he's doing great things. And yes, mm-hmm. I can go do that. And yes, like this is my opportunity in this space. But also, like, I'm here and I have abilities. Right. There's room to honor me in this, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, the experience of, um, you know, experiencing the story of others. I totally understand, like, why story is there for them. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, that oh, it's so hard. You know, it, I am feeling so challenged to be able to express really what I desire, I think, in this moment. But, you know, the objectification that I experienced in public schools was not, didn't feel resolved until long after. Mm -hmm. I was away. Yeah. Um, You know, and my understanding of that has even nuanced even since that my interview right um, for BOE and you know it's it's this understanding that I, I think that there may have been space mm-hmm. for my subjectivity if I had found an avenue to feel safe enough mm-hmm. to be able to pursue it yeah but I but I, I didn't. In the like in that context, yeah. Um, in in some like in in ways that I've described in the past, but um, there's this moment that like you get even once you make that decision. My experience was um, even this this place of even even less opportunity mm-hmm. to feel seen, yeah, or noticed or regarded, almost like shelved right right like okay i see oh okay we can see the future now because you've laid it out for us Mm -hmm. that you're going to step away um yes that's six months from now yeah enjoy your time on the shelf yeah you know i I don't know what else uh, yeah i don't know it's that was just kind of my experience yeah gosh there's it's difficult to put all of this into words because it's so much of just what we've lived every day mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden shifted, but still are living. Yes. And created a new object, subject, depending on the person mm-hmm. that's seeing us yeah. in their eyes because I'm no longer... Olivia Willoughby, eighth grade art teacher, right. Nixie Junior High. Now there's like a 
you know, previous, or if they're looking at me today, like still doing that, but then this little caveat of like, but not for long. Yeah, you're not the same object you were before because mm-hmm. now you have a, an R mm-hmm. next to you resigning. Right. And my experience is that, you know, people are saying like, we're going to miss you so much and you bring so mm-hmm. much and and I believe them and yeah. I am going to miss them too. But then there's just all of this like feeling of, I know you will but not so much that we'll talk to each other in the future. Mm-hmm. And also I'm open to changing that, Yeah. but it won't happen because you're still going to be in this job and I'm going to do, do something else. Mm-hmm. And that's how life moves and changes. And so then that brings me back to, in my interview, talking yeah. about military and moving yeah, and around. schools yeah. and changing. And, and I think Public education in the school has been a beautiful place for me to learn and grow in a in a safe enough zone. Mm-hmm. But from you know two years ago, having a few feelings of like mm, this is just kind of weird. As I develop more of myself and actually feel comfortable in my being, mm. to a year ago learning from Bridger mm-hmm. and then, you know, six months after that, five months after that, taking trauma informed care. Yeah. Like and my own therapy on the side of that and my own mm. processing on the side of that, and my own art on the side of that. And it's like the top was blown off mm-hmm. and I just all of a sudden realized that things are not good. Mm. And I say all of a sudden, the reality is I sat with it for, you know, (laughs) an extended amount of time. And I remember in our conversation, my interview in October, uh, having certain feelings of like, oh, and I don't kind of, I don't really love this. And honestly, I am kind of feeling like this, but way too scared to mention it. Mm. And where that fear came from was partially because of who could be listening to this. Not actually from like, I don't want to share it. Like I'd share anything with you. Mm. But from who could be listening and, and what, what could happen. what does that have? Uh-huh. Yeah. And now I just want to be like, it doesn't matter. Mm. And that brings me back to your ex- like experience of that. Like maybe I could have been a subject in that space. Yeah. I feel that if we were to just like draw them up and compare, I'm more of a subject than you were in the school mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're to look at like just art teacher, principal, <laughs> and objectify okay, in those the, roles. Maybe the roles have, like, have some space. I think I the roles shift the ability to be uh, that, right? Sure. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm able to still be 100% who yeah. I am because I'm ran by bells, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but it made me all realize that I can be quite a bit of a subject where I'm at, but I'm still not happy. Mm-hmm. And happiness is important. Mm-hmm. And all of the story that is behind telling you to stay in the system yeah. isn't enough because I'm not here to please whoever's telling me that story. Mm-hmm. I'm here to please myself. Yeah. And 
one of the, I've said from the first day I started teaching, because you would see people that were burnt out and still mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. And ugh, if I ever get like that, or if I ever wake mm-hmm. up for t- and don't want to come to my job, not just like, oh, today's a rough day. Yeah. But like dreading it. Mm-hmm. I will make a change. Mm. And in experiencing and remembering that I said that, I was like, it's harder to do when you're in the place. It's much easier to say when you don't believe that will ever happen. Yes, because I didn't think it <laughs> would know. happen. I know. And I I want to talk about that for a second. Yeah. I don't believe it'll ever happen to me. Hmm. Right? Yeah. I was there. That exp- I was there. Yeah. I was there. Why is change so scary? But change is so human. Like, that's something you and Jen and Bridger have taught me and I'm still grappling with. Mm -hmm. I've been so scared of change for my whole life because it's been so negative. Yeah, it's been associated with all of these just stinking ruptures and loss of resource and, and, and changement one of your primary mm-hmm. uh one of your primary caregivers is flying across the world yeah and you may never see him again like yeah. that's what change holds yeah. for you of yeah. course that would be change scary. is tied to everything bad yeah but i don't remember if it was you or jen or bridger that said it but one of you said like change is a human experience mm-hmm. and something within that I could have heard it however many times before, but in this experience, I was like, it is mm-hmm. because I'm changing yeah. and I've been changing and I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not always bad like it was, you know? Yeah. And what a like just beautiful door like it, in the acceptance of, of a construct like that, uh-huh. right? In the acceptance that we are ever-evolving beings mm. that are constantly changing. Right. An acceptance of that idea opens a door mm-hmm. to this space to just be curious. Yeah. So now let's take that idea of ever-evolving beings mm-hmm. and stick it into the system that we were in where... I thought I would want and love being the art teacher of the same grade for seven straight periods every day Mm -hmm. of the same lesson because they're all the same age kids for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how did I think that I would like that? Because who I was when I started is not who I am today. Mm -hmm. And some people might be more or less related to that person when they started. Yeah. You know, they closer or further away from them depending on where they've gone in life. But I'm so far removed from that. Mm-hmm. So why should I not allow myself to say I'm different? So I should be somewhere different. Yeah. At least entertain the idea. Mm-hmm. And then... When one door leads to another door, leads to another door. The hardest one to step over, really the easiest one to step over at that point is handing over the letter, right? But it's getting to that place where we Mm -hmm. draft the letter. Yeah. Uh, This, I, 
the um, the excitement and idealism that exists inside at least my 18 year old experience. And I was recently I went on a trip with some uh, friends of Jen and ours, mm-hmm. and um, our friend he's a pastor, and he made this comment, and it just is so pertinent to me. He said a statistic that was relative to lead pastors. Uh-huh. And, you know, so I, I forget what it was. I'm going to misquote it 20% or 40% mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, you know, pastors don't finish their career as a pastor. Yeah. And he said, I never considered the chance even that I was going to be in that group. Right. And I was just like, no. I heard, yeah, twenty percent of teachers may, you know, are out after the first five years, and I think that I don't know if that's completely accurate, but it's something right. like that. And administrators, it's even worse; don't make yeah. it five years. And and then the five-year rule of like how many teachers quit by their fifth year. Yeah. And I always thought like, Psh. I would hear about people talking about that, and I'm like, I wouldn't be like that. Like, I legit had feelings of like, mm-hmm, I'm not yes, good. like, like I was better than them, and look at me now. <laughs> I think that has to be true to the human experience. And the, I, I think that the idealism of, early, of late adolescence can't be lost on this conversation. Yeah. Because it just felt so real to my experience. And, um, and there, there's just so much that insulates that belief, mm-hmm. right? And like that just kind of what I like I hear these virtual others showing up for me right now of like you made a commitment and you made a large investment and you yep. made right like all of these And what about your future? Yeah. And so many virtual others showing up like that. Yeah. Talking about how I should live my life. Mm-hmm. And then it took a long time for me to come to this place. Like, no, I'm the one that has to lay my head on the pillow at mm-hmm. night. No, I'm the one that is missing out no i'm the one and i think that it brings me to an interesting thought and personality in that experience because i am such a people pleaser Mm. and i'm separating myself from that some as i've grown and learned and wanted to honor myself Mm -hmm. um but I also still am so aware of what others want yeah. in trying to make that happen. Mm. Uh, for anybody that knows about the Enneagram, I'm a very strong two, you know, <laughs> hosting everybody. And um, that's always worked. And so in the experience mm-hmm. of change in oneself and then making that the that become reality of I'm going to quit my job, I'm going to pursue something else, is one that started as a, well, I can't let my coworkers down. Okay, I could let my coworkers down. I don't know all of them. I can let a few of them down (laughs) because I'll still be in contact with them. Um, I can't let my kids down. Well, my kids are going to go to the high school next year. I don't even know the upcoming kids that well. Mm -hmm. There will be somebody else. There's always somebody else. Okay. They're fine when there's a sub there. They'll be fine. Um, I will give whoever shows up all of my plans, all mm-hmm. of my lessons. I'll have everything ordered for the next year. Like, 
And then though, for me, the experience of, I can't let my parents down. And it's like, are they gonna be let down? Well, maybe not, but my body tells me all the time. Of course they're going to be. Yeah. What are you thinking? Like, is that reality at all? No. No, But is it in my body? Is there something that's always just like, yep, because you're not good enough. Mm. You should make people happy. Um, And so I just, I feel that that's so important to speak to for our listeners, because if somebody's hearing this and this thought came up of, well, yeah, those two people can do it. Which is so much of the experience that we hear from people at school when we tell them. But there is that whole feeling of like, well, yeah, they have a podcast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even trying our best to be subject in here, I can feel myself being placed on that shelf of object of, you know, well, you're a strong personality or you're, you know, this, this, and this. And it's like not in the space that I was Mm. and not always because I'm really comfortable and safe here, but I don't always fill this mold. Yeah. And so if that's a feeling you have, you find safety in the space that is truly important Mm -hmm. and it allows for you to make those shifts that you really want. Because so many people meet me with, well, I'd love to do that, but I need this income. Well, I'd love to do that, but I don't have any other skills. So many people that like, well, all I do is teach fill in the blank and I don't have any skills to actually work a job in that industry. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how are we teaching and not Mm -hmm. feeling good enough And then to think about it in the way of, I think, without feeling so safe in Beyond and feeling so safe with Bridger and feeling Mm. so safe with you and Jen, I would allow myself to be unhappy for multiple more years Mm -hmm. and trying my best to switch things up or find happiness elsewhere. But it's with so much safety outside of what I thought was my safest space. Mm -hmm that I'm able to say, hmm, I'm still safe without it. Yeah. Even if I don't know exactly what I'm doing, mm-hmm. I'm still safe. Yeah. And that, I think, is where it became empowering. I have so many thoughts moving through my mind. I. That experience of safe enough um, is one that I see so much. And our mammalian biology, we're stinking hardwired Mm -hmm. to write a story that says that safe enough is good enough. Mm -hmm. And for moments, like what a beautiful, and, and for survival, like what a beautiful tool. Yeah. But the way that you described your acceptance of of the change idea, like the change construct, this idea that change is, is going to happen. Yeah. Period. 
the sun comes up and the sun goes down and right. the seasons change and our experience changes and we 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 like trick ourselves into believing you know we tell ourselves a story that if i can arrange enough of the elements from yesterday then i can experience it just like i did yesterday mm-hmm. and yesterday was safe enough right and i, I have watched people do that for 30-year careers mm-hmm. right yeah i've watched people do that for a, for a decade yeah like if i arrange enough things from yesterday then I can experience it like yesterday and I'll know Mm -hmm. that it'll be safe enough. And there's a part of that that's so beautiful and so mammalian. Mm -hmm. It's so, it is. And in in thinking about it like a, as a trauma um, mitigate, I I don't know. I don't have all the words for it that I'm, that I desire to share, but it's like, there is beauty in that. Mm-hmm. But it also, when left unattended, when left like unfettered, yeah, it's so hard to understand where the end of yesterday's collected items end mm-hmm. and where the present moment begins. Yeah. And I know for me, when I was very active in pursuing the latter, and I mean, quite frankly, like just collecting the shiniest items mm-hmm. from yesterday yeah. and assembling them out like in front of the uh-huh. people that I thought had influence. Um, when I was in that, like that felt like the biggest task that I could possibly try to tackle. Right. And it was a big task. Yeah. Like just perpetually assembling these items from yesterday to create a safe experience for me today that looks very much like yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, to go out. And I still, what's so funny is that I do that. I do portions of that now. Yeah. Right. That I'm not going to escape my mammalian biology. No. Like I still, so I experimented for a little bit of time. Like we, we had this office space uh-huh. and I experimented for a little bit of time. just like, kind of not having a regular schedule. Like I don't have okay. to report at a certain time and so I don't and I can work from home or I can work at the coffee shop or I can do that, you know, like right. just having this open and I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it. There's like, no, I want to go to the office at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. because that's what I want to do. But that's, that's me doing the same thing, right? I'm just like recreating again. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, well, when I showed up at 8 a.m. yesterday, it was safe and so yeah. here I am doing it again. Um, I think what feels different about that is that I, I have awareness about it mm-hmm. and I have choice in it. Yeah. And that can change if you want it or need it to. Yeah. Versus being forced into it yeah. and asking it to change if that's desired or mm-hmm. needed is putting people out and not fulfilling your job and... Mm-hmm whatever other story you might have, but mine is very much in that shame of like not being enough because Mm -hmm. you can't be in two places at once. Well, you should work on it. Mm. But also the experience of, I don't know how much you should want me here right now. You want me in two places at once, but Olivia four years ago Mm -hmm. was 
different than Olivia now. Yeah. And in this space of the classroom, I would choose the one from four years ago. The one now does a good job, mm -hmm. but has her mind on so many different things. Yeah. And has chosen to not come back, but is still expected to be here for mm -hmm. multiple months. Yeah. To make the choice in February of saying, which was an interesting choice because it was just like one day I did it. <laughs> just like, yep, today's the day I do feel like this. Mm -hmm. um, and then March, April, May. This is weird. I want to be here and good for them, yeah. the kids. But even that story, because the reality is like, my brain is going on to what are, what are we going to do at beyond mm. and, and what am I going yeah. to create? And, and it triggered such an interest in creativity that I've been lacking for wow. a long time. I would love to hear more about that. Like I would, in answering that, I'd like to move back to the understanding that we had within my interview of I loved running and I depended on running and yeah. I lost it with my surgeries. Yeah. And then I loved, wanted to do Spanish and loved Spanish and then failed the test so many times and didn't have the interest in college anymore and I lost it and then depended on art, you yeah. know, and losing running and this experience of... I thought I loved being a teacher in the public school system mm -hmm. and that was what I depended on and now I'm losing it. Yeah. And so it feels like, what is my passion? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And so as I've lost over, you know, the past couple years, this deep interest and desire to teach in the public school system, you know, little bits by little bits. Yeah. I also haven't really done a ton of my own creating. Mm -hmm. um, and it's easy for me to say, well, it's because I'm so busy in the classroom and then I'm exhausted when I get home. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because in the last few weeks, all I want to do is make all the time and I've been finding time that in the past I would have just been like, well, I'll just sit down because I'm tired mm -hmm. or whatever the response is. And I'm like, I want to do this. I'm going to make this. And yes. so I'm getting on my pottery wheel or, you know, yes. doing extra while my kids are drawing. I'm actually drawing mm -hmm. and feeling good about it. Yeah. And I'm still within this newness of that so I don't quite understand it and part of me is like oh, maybe it's because the sun's coming out you know like maybe it's because <laughs> it's becoming summertime like I'll probably yeah. the feeling is like I'll probably lose this because mm. I don't know but it does feel like it's becoming a bit more of a passion and a bit less of a force mm -hmm. And I don't really know where to take all of that, but that's where your question led me. You know, I, the counterintuitiveness of what I'm about to say is so much that my system forces me to give a preface before <laughs> I say it. Um, but there's this, yeah, there's this guy that I sit with um, a lot that I listen to a lot 
And he says, it's not about the things that I take up in this, you know, in my journey. Mm -hmm. It's the things I give up. Mm -hmm. And it's that what happens when we make space? Mm -hmm. When we take our foot off of the gas pedal. Right. And we say, I see that we've been allocating a lot of resource Mm -hmm. to any number of things, right? But there is not a stinking person in education that is not going to tell me that it requires a lot of every single person that's there to continue day over day over day. It requires so much resource. Right. And not even in a way of like, well, yeah, because I'm doing this. Sometimes in a way of like, because I'm just feeling a lot and that's taking a lot of me. Yes. That's something I didn't realize. Gosh. Virgil will hit me with, when I'm tired, he'll hit Mm -hmm. me with like the, I'll be like, I don't even know why I'm tired. And he's like, do you realize the amount of people you talk to and form to and meet with and every single day? And it's like, well, yeah, but that's my job. And then it's like, oh, I give a lot of energy to things that are not me. Yeah. And there's something coming up inside me that also feels like under the rug. And it's not like people pull it out on a regular basis, but there's these things that suck energy too, Mm -hmm. that live in the periphery, but are incredibly taxing. And I think about things like conversations around student discipline. I think about conversations around gun violence in schools. Mm think about my experience as a principal and every single day mm-hmm. are all of the kids that are coming here today going to make it home safe mm-hmm. you can't tell me that that didn't weigh on me it wasn't in my conscious awareness every single day right but there was this experience where the high school right just down the street from us went on lockdown mm-hmm. and this mother walked in And her student had just called her and said, we're on lockdown and I don't know what's going on. This may be the last time I talk to you. I love you. This is what that student communicated. And like all in all, it was, it was, it was nothing. The person that they were concerned about wasn't even in the building. Right. But you don't know. But my experience of observing that experience of that mother, Mm -hmm. you can't tell me that I didn't carry that around. Right. And when you're carrying all of that around, but you're pushing it into the subconscious so that you can work through the day and carry the things that are noticeably carried. Yeah. It's just an energy like suck. Yeah. And so then my body bounces back and forth between. So the reality is I'm just not good enough Mm -hmm. to be at school and a teacher because I don't have enough energy for all of this. So I'm sorry that I'm choosing to give myself energy versus all of you. But one of the things that really has stuck with me that you said a long time ago was that you realized you could not only change just as many lives doing what you do here, but actually change more and do it in a way that's more fulfilling to not only you, but who you come in contact with. Mm-hmm. 
versus when you were in the public education system. Mm -hmm. And I remember at that time being like, uh, cool story, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, like I don't really know because do you realize how many people are in our schools, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just like hit me and I was like, I can because I can sit with one human mm -hmm. for an hour and really connect with that one human and teach them art and do what I want to do in my classroom. And sometimes I get to with one kid, but then there's 30 others that I miss. Yeah. And what is their experience of me not getting to them mm -hmm. yeah. versus the one that I did mm -hmm. get to? So how, if I shift that into yeah. me working in it, not in the public education system saying, the only one I'm influencing is the one I got to. And then I can just do that over and over and over again. Yeah. That's, I feel like there's more there, but that's the first time I've really thought about that. So I know it will just keep bringing things up. And think about the invitation of just this podcast. Yeah. The vulnerability of just this conversation. The people that this can reach. Mm-hmm. And there is no amount of energy that I had to expend towards anything like this. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I know. This podcast <clears throat> excites me so much, but at the same time, sometimes it's like Tuesday evening makes for a long rest of the week. Yeah. And then it's actually so filling that mm -hmm. it doesn't. And that's not an experience that I know until or knew until I understood and ex like actually was there. Um, I'm curious if you're willing to go somewhere with me. I'm 100% on board. Okay. I don't know how much explicit conversation we've had about it, but I've heard it. You've, you know, you've kind of alluded to it a couple times, and I know that I did as well in this conversation. But the experience of the shame narrative mm -hmm. um, as it pertains to why stay why go mm -hmm. why um, wow so I'm feeling a lot of affect in my body right now mm -hmm. just like not safe not safe don't talk about it <laughs> the microphones are on yeah. don't forget the microphones are on <laughs> mine is in the is the same but in a different mm. way where it's just like brick wall <laughs> yeah let's talk about it you know and like okay no olivia break the brick and actually talk about it <laughs> yeah i have no words it's like my words are gone i think the shame narrative is interesting because it is this idea of I'm not good enough. Yeah. I didn't make it happen. Maybe I was never good enough. And maybe I won't ever be good enough. Mm -hmm. Also, people find their passion and you apparently don't have one, which is a lot of what I've experienced lately. You're 27, changing your job? Hmm. Sounds like you need somebody to just support you. Is that why you're getting married? Mm -hmm. And like... These things that have not been said to me, yeah. but somewhere within conversation, they've implicitly 
made me feel that way. And my perception of even myself is like, some people have a passion. Were you put here for a reason or are Mm -hmm. you just like one of the bodies? Um, That's where the shame takes me lately. Mm -hmm. It also switches pretty intensely to um, like a middle finger in the air to anybody who's wanting to combat me on that Um, or anybody who's wanting to give story to anything or like, why don't you ask me why I'm leaving? And it's like, wait, I'm not actually upset with like (laughs) anything here. I'm upset with like what's created that's bigger than all of us Mm. and just I'm not happy. And that's me. Mm-hmm. I want to be happy. And I know it's not in this space because of everything I've learned and experienced. But then this shame that's created. So it's like, well, to combat that, like, what? Ask me why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't ask them. They don't know. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm unhappy. How happy are you? You know? Mm-hmm. What was your narrative of shame or some of your feelings Mm -hmm. within that shame has been uh, the best motivator Mm -hmm. right it's like it's like uh the two-headed best friend yep um that promises objective output and gets it Mm -hmm. right um and so for me it was this very entangled kind of convoluted relationship that um, my shame was insulated by, that's fine, you can, sure, yeah, okay, you wanna ditch me? How how are you gonna do anything? Mm -hmm. Because I'm associated with everything good in your life. Like you don't get things done without me. Yeah. You feel good about yourself? Also, have you been productive, see? Yes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you think, okay, yeah, you think you can make it as a dad without shame? Cool. Mm-hmm. You think you can make it as a husband without shame? All right, give it a try, right? Like that sort of experience. And that part of me did not, I couldn't see it as anything but me. I mm-hmm. saw it as myself, Yeah. right? I didn't experience it as something, um, as like a part of me. Right. Or, or it, it was me. It was me. you. It was me. Yes. Right? And my first experience, um, you know, I, I, when I was 29, I got this mentor and we did some work together and he looked and he didn't shame me for anything that I shared with him. Mm-hmm. And I shared a lot with him and it was his first experience of like, wait a second, because Shame was like, ah, he's, he's, he, you know, he's, he's an anomaly. No, 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 no. If you should go sharing this sort of stuff Mm -hmm. with everyone. Right. Right. No, no, he's just an anomaly. Right. And then I experienced it again with others Mm -hmm. and then again with others. And then I started to like pick and choose like little, little breadcrumbs to Mm -hmm. drop with people that I really cared about. And they didn't shame me either. Yeah. And then that experience of learning what shame is like defining it Mm -hmm. and then learning how to grow shame resilience inside myself inside 
protected relationships brought me to this place where I'm on a freaking podcast talking about my shame. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, but yet I still have the activation inside of me, right? Mm-hmm. It's not gone. Right. But I don't see it as myself anymore. Yeah. But that really combat that I that I had between me as myself and shame and figuring out what that was and what it felt like and how to give language to it mm-hmm. and like that I have to find a trusted relationship to speak like the exact words that I'm hearing in my head. Right. To remove the power from it. But like the shame, shame is sitting there screaming like, no, if you tell them this, they're going to validate that. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to prove that you are as bad as what you say you are. Right. But that's never the truth. But every right? time you do it, that voice gets smaller. Yes. Yeah. And so I, when I started to learn about that, and I started to really see, like, as it manifested in my life, as I show vulnerability, as mm-hmm. I speak honestly about my shame, as I invite others to share about theirs, and I can be the mirror for them that 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 they were for me, right? right. When I experience it like that, then shame starts going down as a motivating tactic. Mm-hmm. And, like, really, my experience as a principal right. and the it's it really is as closer as I got to deciding to step away, it was really in correlation to the lower that my shame got. Yeah. Because when I made space for looking at like the, the landscape, absent of shame, I didn't know why I was there. Right. Right? Like the narratives that shame told me were well, you've told a lot of people that you're going to be a superintendent. Mm-hmm. You've made hundreds, thousands of family decisions based on mm-hmm. this plan. Right. There's a community of these 3,000 people, parents that are students, teachers, parents, administrators. There's this, these people that you committed to. Mm-hmm. There's all of these things. That shame told me, you better just go dig a hole and die right. if you think you're going to break that commitment and that commitment right. and that commitment and that one. <clears throat> and in my own experience, as I challenged and learned what that was and how it was influencing me, there this it's almost like rain clouds mm-hmm. pulled away. Hmm. And like it was... Very, just like moments of sunshine at first. Right. And then you know that moment in June when like, it's like 80 degrees and the sun's just shining. Yes. And like, yeah, the storms that come are still really big. Yeah. Right? And strong, at least here in the Midwest. And, but they're periodic. Right. Right? And you see them as such. You begin to recognize. Hmm. Yeah. And that... Hmm. To me, it was like... I see where it comes from. I see where my shame narrative comes from. I see 
where and why and but the the awareness of when I hear that voice come up and and I've learned this awareness that inside my head when I hear the word should mm-hmm. I said check it what yeah. is that about yeah that's is that, impressive is that something that I need to run by somebody else right because it just is right there like no, you shouldn't eat that. No, you should exercise today. No, mm-hmm. you should. No, you shouldn't send that email. No, you should. You should. You should. You should. It's constant. Yeah. yeah. And to me, um, and then even I was so the I remember the day that I announced, you know, because it's a, a principal public announcement, right? right? Hundred people in the call the faculty meeting standing there with the associate superintendent right like and i'm sharing this and i have this story prepared and i give it and this teacher walks up to me afterwards and goes you look really sad mm-hmm. and i don't think it was sadness really right um i think that was a part and that's probably what my face looked like mm-hmm. i think i was just like so there was so much of me that was filled with shame yeah i'm making a public statement that i'm breaking the commitment that i made mm-hmm. to you right and everyone else i've ever made it to and i'm and the superintendent's here or whoever and and they're making sure that i'm telling you because i need to be make sure that you know that i messed up that i'm yes. not doing good enough yeah i'm, I'm not gonna... good enough at this job and so I can't do it anymore. And that's something that Ryan, I can't. I don't I cannot and have not felt that experience. Mm-hmm. So I can not imagine that feeling because I talked to who I wanted to mm-hmm. and I shared what I wanted to. And then I stopped. Mm-hmm. I went to the people that were most important to me to share with. And then I said, mm-hmm. everybody else will figure it out at some point. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And so then you, of course, deal with people seeing, like, you know, oh, the job is posted, what, da 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 da. Or, um, oh, why are you leaving? Or, oh, I heard this. Mm-hmm. Or, somebody was asking me about, and, okay, but those, all of that happens even if, if I were to share like you did. So yes. you had to go through both of those things. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I went through conversations with people I knew were, would back me. Mm-hmm. And I knew already, like, so many of them were like, I was wondering when this was going to come. You know, or, mm-hmm. yeah, I know you've been talking about your feelings in that space. And so it was, like, just validation. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be so shiny and then not yeah 
and I can only imagine had to have a faculty meeting for it. So everybody's like, why are we here? Can we get this going? I want to go home. Where's the snack? Is that all you were going to tell us? Can we leave now? Half the people didn't show up. Thought so. Yeah. That's what I heard. Wow. Yeah. Ugh. My goal is just for mm-hmm. listeners to not feel alone in their feelings. Yeah. Um, I've experienced this new way of speaking in my classroom that is so often led by, like, I'm talking to you as a human, mm-hmm. and this is how I feel right now. Um, I want you to know because this is how it makes me feel, mm-hmm. just to my whole class. Um which is shifted before it would be like I would reintroduce myself like, hi, my name is Miss Willoughby and I messed up today, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I am a human and this is how you're making me feel. Mm-hmm. And my goal in this whole conversation is for our listeners in whatever space they're in to feel that they can make statements like that. And that they can be empowered to find what makes them happy mm-hmm. and safe yeah. in a real way. And I know that that is different for every human. Yeah. And it comes and it goes. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, a, oh, now I can do that. But it's an, it's an understanding of what all of it can feel like. And it's not clean, but there are others. Mm-hmm. Secretly, that's what I wanted when I resigned. I wanted so bad for, you know, like, and I'm leaving too, and me too, like, <laughs> just to start this revolution. I had this dream of like all these people quitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not, it's not like I want everybody to quit. I just want everybody to feel their own version Mm -hmm. of empowered within the reality of who they are. Yeah. I know now that you and I are not the only two experiencing this. Yeah. And it's... It's like literally being called the great exit or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or the great resignation is what it's being called. <laughs> um, you know, and I mean, quite honestly, it's like, it's terrifying. But I know that there aren't a lot of voices mm-hmm. inside the school system that have a willingness or an, even an awareness mm-hmm. to meet somebody where they are right. the moment that they make that decision. Right. And then what that experience is like for the days that, and weeks that follow. And the moment they don't make that decision, but they express a feeling towards yeah. that decision mm-hmm. or a desire of, something along the lines yeah. of I'm not going to be here 
Maybe they're not ready for the full resignation, mm-hmm. but just to be met in the experience of, I'm not happy, but I don't know what to do. What a scary place mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. I felt really alone in that spot. Yeah. Like really alone. And I don't want to be told, well, this is how you do it. Yeah. Because I just want to be told like that it's okay. That it's flipping normal. And that there are others and that it'll work out. Yeah. That... The idea that somebody can tolerate and enjoy. <laughs> Let's just pair those. Tolerate yes. and enjoy one vocation yeah. for 30 years. Mm-hmm. That pool of people is a small pool of people. Right. Like I know there are people <laughs> like that and that's cool. And there are other people that will convince themselves that that's the truth. And okay, but if you're not... That's okay, too. That's okay. (laughs) It's okay, too. Yeah. I never thought I wouldn't be a 80 and out. I knew I'd be an administrator. Right. Never, like literally never, did I ever imagine. I thought I would be an entrepreneur after I retired. Interesting. I knew that was out there. Right. Because, I mean, when you can retire at 55, of course you can't right. stop working. Um, and when you start teaching at 21, then you can retire. At, uh-huh. Yeah, whatever. Well, see, you can't stop working, but my thoughts were, well, then I retire, but I also have a whole separate retirement that I've set up, so maybe I can stop working, and then I can just create and do what I want to make me happy. And all of a sudden, I was taught, like, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. Because what makes you happy can be what also creates your income. Yes. And newsflash, you don't have to work a job from 9 to 5 or 7 to 3. or mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it seems like everybody should know that, but I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either. I needed to see somebody that had done it. Yep. I needed to see the numbers. I needed to see the possibilities. Mm -hmm. I needed to... Yeah. Yeah. Be supported. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's... You know, I, I feel like I want to say... You leaving... Your teaching job was never my intention. When <laughs> yeah. I invited you to the Burnout Educator podcast. Um, my truest desire is I sensed that you had a similar shame narrative that I had. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be seen in one of the like in the only way that I knew you could see me. So I don't want the conversation to get lost in this place of we're trying to ask people to leave education. Yeah. Because 
I don't think that's the right strategy for everyone. I'm still not necessarily convinced it's the right strategy for me. I have no idea. <laughs> right. But I've never been seen in a way that you've seen me. Mm-hmm. And allowed to be human in a way that I've been allowed to yeah. in this past year. And that tells me that it doesn't have to be right. What is that? Because what is right right and what is wrong? Because nobody knows. You don't know. And I thought that there's always a right answer Mm -hmm. and that I needed to always find it. Yeah. And I still get stuck there a lot. But it's starting to shift. I agree. My intentions in sharing this and in resigning are not because I want people to. Right. And that's what even when, you know, the idea of like everybody starts, it's like (laughs) not that I want people to resign. I just want, I just want people to feel how much and all the things I feel right now of Mm -hmm. being human and being seen. Yeah. And wherever that space is for them, I want them to feel it Mm -hmm. because that's good. Where are you? That's good. Yeah. I want that for people because I didn't realize how much I missed it until you gave it to me. We made it together. Mm -hmm. It's in the connection. The connection and the invitation. Mm -hmm. Gosh, this is like... My mind's just rolling through it because it's like, yeah, you invited me and I was like, okay. And then I was like, well, I don't know if I'll really be a part of it. And then, well, I don't know if he even really wants me to do that. And and then the conversations surrounding that and surrounding mm-hmm. the like, yeah, I'm scared and I don't know. And what can I talk about? And it was a reality of, do I accept? this invitation yeah do i not accept it what will be created from it i don't know Mm -hmm. and this back and forth struggle but where i've landed now is where i'm supposed to be now Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean i'm not scared scared and terrified (laughs) scarified um but it's not that it's going to be okay it is okay mm-hmm. in this moment. Yeah. Because we have this opportunity for safety and connection. Mm-hmm. And when we can lean into those safe connections, it gives us space to wonder are those objective safe enough spaces mm-hmm. necessary? Right. And because if they when are, I know then what it really them. feels like. Yeah. Yeah, when they are, keep, keep them. them. But if they, if you don't have to have them, and that's the then difference. open up that door mm-hmm. that says maybe change.
the weight that I feel right now and the there's just so much fear inside of me even still and I, I the the question to say are you willing to go have that shame conversation with mm-hmm. me came up at least four times into my conscious awareness hmm. who knows how many times right did it start coming up and then get slammed down and then slammed down and then right. slammed down um but it's so important to my experience in all of this and important to my connection with you mm-hmm. it is and so the fight through the activation and the fear that's showing up inside of me in this moment right now what happens when this gets published yeah oh gosh i'm already yeah right it's such a like But I do feel safe. I do too. Because I know who we have in our corner. Right. We have each other. We have those that are important to us. Mm -hmm. And feeling who we have in our corner Mm -hmm. builds the fact that I have myself in my corner more than I ever have. That's so amazing. Thank you for bringing up that mm-hmm. shame narrative and thank you for sharing because I constantly feel met by your experiences and, and just sharing and talking. Mm-hmm. It feels like a place that I didn't even know I needed to go. Yeah. But you knew. And so you brought it up, and together we processed through. And that's what this ex- whole experience has been for mm-hmm. me. And I, I feel our whole friendship is just a constant of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Thank you, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I really don't want it to end, <laughs> but I imagine if we go in for four hours that maybe somebody will put a cap on it yeah, or, somebody eventually. or somebody will turn it off <laughs> or something like that. But, oh, so I, I suppose let's continue yeah. this conversation. Yeah, I agree. Maybe just in perpetuity. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, thank you for hanging out with us you the listener yes if you're still listening to us and we hope that you found something that resonated yeah with your experience or with an experience of somebody that you know and the invitation is to seek curiosity about Mm -hmm. you and others yeah yeah but if you are interested in hearing more about what we do here at beyond healing or if you are interested in supporting free therapy for kids, mm-hmm. then reach out at contact at burnouteducator.com. Check us out at uh, patreon.com slash burnouteducator uh, or our website beyondhealingcenter.com. I have this 
desire to also share that, yeah, send us an email. Please. If you need somebody in your corner, mm-hmm. I'd love to be that person. Ugh. Yeah, that's a whole episode by itself. I know, it's like I know this, but I just like had component. to like please connect because like there's just this feeling of like there's somebody and they feel alone still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Olivia. Thank you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Till next time. Bye, guys. The Burnout Educator is pleased to partner with Beyond Healing Center in providing therapy services to children and their families who couldn't otherwise afford it. But we need your help to do that. For as little as $10 a month, you could help a child or family in need find the help that they deserve. Go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash burntouteducator and select the contribution that's right for you. Anything helps and all is appreciated. Thank you, and we look forward to partnering with you. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and that you got to see a piece of yourself in the story you heard today. If you want to stay connected with the Burnout Educator podcast, please subscribe. The Burnout Educator is a product of Beyond Healing Media. Our filmographer is Tyler Wassum. Our creative team is Jen Savage, Kayla Boston, and Jamie Eggert. Production and original music by our executive creative director, Bridger Falkenstein. Original artwork by our co-host, Olivia Willoughby. A special thanks to today's interviewee and the entire Beyond Healing team. Until next time, this is Ryan Savage, the Burnout Educator. This podcast is a project of Beyond Healing Media a media creation group committed to creativity, community, and embracing the beauty of being human. If you like this podcast, you might also like the other podcasts of Beyond Healing Media. Notice That is an EMDR podcast hosted by Emdria-approved consultants and trainers who use EMDR in their practice. Beyond Trauma is an educational podcast on the journey of trauma therapy and what it means to be humans who have been hurt but are learning to recover and grow living the life we all want of safety and connection. The Evidence-Based Therapist is an educational podcast where we read so you don't have to. On this podcast, we discuss seminal, recent, and relevant research on psychotherapeutics and the embodied relational sciences. How do we know what is evidence-based and how do we use it in our practice? You'll find out on the EBT podcast.